Hi there. My name is Entracia Moorings, and welcome to Unfolding Words. This is the weekly podcast where I share biblical truth to offer light for your walk and life for your soul. How are you this week? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're not just surviving, but that you're thriving during this pandemic. So I have a little bit of news to share with you this week. I'm going to be putting the show on a hiatus after this episode. This is my first time ever doing this in two years, and I'll be back after the summer break. Just want to regroup and get a little rest and relaxation during the summer. But I have a whole bunch of back episodes that you can listen to. So it will be like I'm not even gone. (laughs) So today I want to share a quick thought on something that has been sitting with me for a few days now. It's that we as believers are God's special treasure. And this thought has just been running over and over in my mind. Like, what if that doesn't cause a priority shift in your identity? I don't know what will. God's aim isn't just to save you from your sins or from hell and eternal damnation, but to save you for himself. The whole idea is for there to be a relationship established between you and God. And I don't really remember being taught that God saved me for himself. It was all about being saved from my sins and being saved from hell So I never really saw God's heart for me and his specific personal love for me. In Exodus, Moses tells Pharaoh to let God's people go so that they may serve him. He didn't just want his people to be free from slavery, but he wanted them to be free to be with him. Let's take a look at the book of Exodus today. Chapter 19, starting at verse number one. It says, on the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day, they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There, Israel encamped before the mountain. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession. There it is right there. Among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So I have a question for you. What is your most treasured possession? Maybe it's a family heirloom that's been passed down for generations or a piece of jewelry that was given to you by someone special. Perhaps it's an old picture or a valuable book or maybe even your pricey cell phone that you can't put down. For some, it could be their car their house, or their bank account. That word possession means that you own it and you control it and take care of it. And a lot of people's treasured possessions are people. We can get with that analogy, right? People treasure their family, those close to them. So in the same manner, the scripture tells us that God has a treasured possession. And even though he owns all the mountains and the valleys in this world, These are not special to him compared 
to the people that he loves most. You are God's treasured possession because of your relationship with him. So that term treasured possession is from the Hebrew word segula, and it refers to both inanimate objects and servants as personal property. So in ancient Near Eastern covenant legal literature, the term was used to describe those who were in covenant with a deity. So God takes this idea that all of the people of the land would understand, but he applies it to himself specifically. When the people were brought out of Egypt, they were brought to the mountain of God, Sinai, sometimes called Mount Horeb. And it is literally and also metaphorically a high point in the book of Exodus. This is where Israel meets God and God is to give Israel a special gift. And when you read it in its entirety, it reads like a wedding ceremony where Israel becomes God's bride. In other words, his treasured possession and gives them a wedding gift. Unlike any other gift, it's the law. And this law helps them to know how to interact with him. So when you read this, you notice that there's a lot of drama surrounding this meeting, a lot of lights and action, and no one would have missed how important this specific time was. Notice that there was a careful preparation required of Moses, the priests, and all the people. And notice most of all that God calls them a kingdom of priests. These are words that are familiar and the people of God as a whole are to be priestly. We are a priestly nation. And the next phrase adds a holy nation. We see this in the New Testament. The idea is that every individual person is a priest unto God, which was not true in the Old Testament. But now God's people as a group act as a priestly nation unto him, having the same roles that the priest had in the Old Testament. So in the New Testament, this is revealed to be the one priesthood of Christ where all Christians share, but not as individuals, but together. Scripture says that those who fear the Lord will become his in the day that he makes up his treasured possession. And the day that he was referring to is the day of the Lord. This will be a day of judgment on the wicked and the deliverance of the righteous. God will spare those who believe and live for him. So our salvation being saved from sin is an important role when it comes to being considered God's treasured possession. He wants to save those that he holds dear from destruction. But that isn't the only reason why he saves us. And as God saves his people, we see that there's going to be a distinction between the righteous and the wicked. So anytime that God intervened and made judgment and delivered his people, such as with the exodus and the exile, those events pointed to a distinction between the righteous and the wicked. But the future day of the Lord will bring about a much more extensive judgment on the wicked. And there's going to be a physical deliverance and a bodily resurrection. The righteous will be God's treasured possession in the kingdom. And this will fulfill God's original intention for Israel back in the New Testament. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter seven, verse six, it says, for you are a people holy to the Lord, 
your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. What does it mean for us to be God's treasured possession, to have God's heart set on us, to be the chosen ones? This chosen identity says something about God, and it also asks something of us. Being treasured describes God's love and his faithfulness and his covenantal loyalty toward us. To be God's treasured possession means that we're precious to him and that he would protect and cherish us. Just like people say in a wedding vow to love and to cherish, this is exactly what God wants to do for you since you are his treasured possession. So God liberated them from slavery through the Exodus and the Israelites were to live in a way that showed their identity as God's treasured possession. They were to live as a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. They were to be set apart from all the other people around them. And they agreed to this. They said, we will do everything that the Lord has said. They agreed to this covenant. So what should your reaction be with regard to God calling you his treasured possession? You are the one that God has chosen. You're chosen for the high calling of priestly work, and you're chosen to be a holy person. You are God's instrument to do his work, to speak out for him, to tell others of the difference that he has made for you. So as God's treasured possession, you should live for Jesus. You should represent him truthfully and honestly in your actions, in your words, in all that you do. So you're basically called to live a holy life so that other people can see your life and then come to this saving grace as well. Not just being saved from sin, but being saved for God. So let this knowledge that you are a treasured possession really take root in your identity. Let it become personal for you, knowing that you're cherished and loved by God and as a result rescued from damnation should mark how you live out this world. That's it. I hope you were encouraged by this very short word. And did you know that I have two Bible studies? I have one on the book of Ruth, Harvest of Kindness, and one on the book of Genesis chapters 1 through 11 called Dust and Divinity. You can find them on Amazon or on my website at unfoldingwords.com. And you can find the teachings here on my podcast. I hope that you enjoy the past podcast while I'm on hiatus. I'll be gone for the summer, but you can always reach me on social media, Instagram at unfolding words, Twitter at unfolding underscore words, and on Facebook at unfolding words. So I pray that you have a safe and prosperous summer. So I'll see you when I return. Until then, may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.